Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Welcome to the NASCAR NBC podcast. I'm your host, Nate Ryan. Today here at the Long Beach Grand Prix on a Friday after practice in the Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan Racing trailer. This is the Takuma Sato trailer, I believe, <laughs> but we are talking to the other driver on that team, Graham Ray Hall. Graham, thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you for, uh, thanks for having me. L- let's start with, uh, I saw on Twitter last night, big celebration for the team yeah uh here in southern california where'd you guys go and was that to celebrate takuma's win at barber really it was just to celebrate a great you know start to the year it was at a at a a bar down the street called legends which is just a great sports bar uh good family friend of ours john morris who's owns a couple restaurants in town been friends of my dad since you know he day one of coming here to long beach 30 years ago so john you know john hosted us and you know it really is just a great opportunity to get the indycar team together with the sports car team sports car guys are still based out of ohio indycar guys are in indianapolis and so you know to be able to get and, and everybody knows each other so it's just good to get them all together be in the same place and um you know celebrate i mean the team's had a great start to the year not only winning on this continent, but also, you know, in, in Formula E, having great success with that, uh, with the with the I-Pace series and Jaguar. Um, you know, the team the team's had a strong beginning. Uh, Daytona 24-hour, obviously, winning. Uh, th- those are huge marquee events, and so we just, I think Dad and, and all the owners felt it was a great time since everybody's racing here, which is the only time, I think, this year that we all race together. It was just a perfect time to get everybody together to come and celebrate a little bit. And well-timed with coming on the heels of you no doubt uh, you and sato doing well at barbara unfortunately yeah. you had the electrical problem yeah yeah second and yeah it's uh, you know that kind of stunk i mean i felt you know i really felt like we no i didn't feel like i'm very confident that that would have been a team one two finish and you know but we we all can say shoulda coulda wouldas it's racing you know that can go on and on and on but uh definitely it was one of those days that everybody could see everybody watching knew early in the race we took off i mean the two of us were gone and uh, so, you know, all the indications were just so good that it was going to be a great day. And then next thing you know, you get bitten. And uh, and I've been bitten. You know, we got lucky there at Coda, but I was bitten at St. Pete. You know, we were running fifth, I think, fifth or sixth and got a flat tire. It just seems like, man, you know, at what point does Lady Luck just stop abusing us? I mean, <laughs> you know, last year we had this, too, where, you know, frankly, we were quite good at a couple of places and, 
you know, somehow managed to, to not get the results that were maybe, you know, deserved. So I was a little disappointed, but uh, here we are in Long Beach and we're ready to go. And there's a lot of fuel to our fire right now. It's burning pretty hot. So hopefully we can make it happen. Like you said, you finished fourth in Austin. So off to a good start this year and good enough that you had David Letterman come to the race at Barber. Was that a surprise or d- does he come when he feels as if the team is, he feels like might, might get the win or? I don't know that, it, I mean, you know, I don't know he's fair weather in that sense, you know, but yeah. I think that, you know, Dave's been pretty busy lately. Yeah. Um, so it's been very hard to just get his attention and get his time. But on Saturday night, you know, I got out of the got out of the car, and very quickly after, I had a text message from Dave just saying, "Hey, you know, super proud of you guys, great work, tell Takuma congrats, so on and so forth." You know, and I just said to him, "I was like, man, you got to come to these one of these days. You know, <laughs> we haven't <laughs> seen you in a while, and you know, you ought to show up." And uh, the next morning, I woke up to a text saying, "Hey, Dave's coming." So, so yeah, you get credit for that. No, I just think <laughs> I, I just think you know he recognized that it was a good opportunity. Yeah. And from New York, where where he lives, um, wasn't that far away. So you know he he could make it pretty quickly uh, to be here. And you know it was uh, it was absolutely you know great to uh, to have him come down and be a part of it. You know he's a big part of this organization. And obviously, you know, for CSU, for Colorado State, One Cure, which is a partner of ours in NASCAR as well with Clint Boyer, you know, I think it was huge for them. You know, we can all go on all day about how great it is to wear a uniform that has CSU One Cure on it or this or that, but there is nobody that has the same value as a guy like David Letterman, period. There's nobody in racing. And so, uh, you know, Dave to be strutting around in that stuff, it's huge for us. And so it was... it, it, it was great to have him. This weekend, another busy one for you. We, as I sit here, I'm looking at you organizing all these <laughs> tickets. passes, tickets. Uh, this is what happens when your wife grows up not far from here yeah. in Southern California. So I presume you have yeah. many of your in-laws are going to be here all weekend. Yeah, I mean, uh, my mother-in-law, Lori, will come. But John's obviously, John's racing. Uh, John and Britt are, are in Houston. But actually, quite a lot of the family stayed home this weekend, which is a little surprise. So, you know, Ash is, is in town with the boys and stuff, so they might show up. And, you know, a lot of Lori's family, um, her her brothers will be here and stuff, which is cool. So, yeah, we, we've got a lot of people coming. My my mom and stepdad are here. My Obviously, my dad's here, my little sisters. Uh, so, you know, there's we, we have quite a lot of people that come out to this. This is a marquee event, mm-hmm. period. You know, you look at the crowd here. In a time where crowds really, I mean, you know, crowds are, depends on where you're going, but they're struggling a little bit. You know, you're talking, you know, they were saying that, that they expect upwards almost 60,000 on Friday, for sure 65,000 Saturday and Sunday, you know, 180-some thousand over a week, and this is a big event. And so a lot of people want to come out here anyway. I mean, beautiful Southern California, weather's good, it's low 70s, perfect, it's a big one. So, you know, this year... This year, I finally, though, got to the point where I was like, hey, look, you know, all of our friends that live out here, I'm like, <laughs> look, you guys, I, I'm not giving away 50 tickets like last year. So, you know, you guys going to have to figure out how to carry your own weight. But it's exciting to be here. You know, we uh, we had a great run here last year. Our car was really strong here uh, last year. I made a mistake at the start, but we still managed to come back and finish in the top five. And I just have a good feeling. I mean, you know, I feel like we got burnt a little last week. And typically in racing, you know, the way that the way that it works, you know, when uh, when when you get burnt a little bit, then then you know you can you can have good fortune 
pretty soon after. So I'm hoping that good fortune is going to hit us here. Yeah, well, you're off to a good start. You were uh, top five speeds there in practice the first session here. And... Do, do you and Courtney spend a lot of time beyond just this race, Graham, in Southern California? Do you guys keep yeah. residence here? Or, yeah. yeah, we have a house here. Uh, really, uh, my, I mean, my residence is Indianapolis. I spend most of my time in Indy, but in the winter months where things are relatively, everybody thinks it's weather-related. It's really not. <laughs> but uh, but where things are just relatively slow, yeah. um, I'm out here quite a bit. But Yeah, yeah. Lo- um, you know, Court's out here pretty much all the time. With our with our puppy now, Arrow, and uh, old mother hen, you know her mom, she doesn't uh, she doesn't like the girls to be very far out of her sight. So I'm not sure I'm going to win that battle. We'll see. <laughs> so you just need to be here every once in a while to kill massive snakes in your yard. Which yeah, did you see that? You posted that photo on. Oh my god! A couple of days ago, that looked. That's like not cool. No, I am not a fan of snakes. Period. <laughs> But that was a relatively big rattlesnake, and that is not cool at all. And, you know, it's turned out that, like, in our little neighborhood there, you know, we have, like, the, I don't, like everybody does, you know, your Facebook group that has, you know, everybody in your neighborhood. And, like, people are finding rattlesnakes, like, every day, multiples a day. So I, I'm pretty nervous about that because with our little guy, uh, our puppy, not a kid. <laughs> And we're not expecting a kid. We don't kid. need to start any speculation on yeah, that. Yeah, we're not, either, we're not right? expecting one either. So everybody thinks Courtney's <laughs> pregnant. She is not. Uh, but our puppy, like, he just terrorizes the weeds all day. You know, like, what, is, what else is the puppy going to do? But that's where they're at. So now I'm a little bit a little bit nervous about that. Yeah. But hopefully, hopefully it's behind us. Well, as you mentioned, you definitely want to quell any speculation with Courtney having retired uh, a couple of months ago. No family plans in the immediate future. Obviously, you just said that again. But what's it been like having her around? It's been awesome. You don't understand how much, like, you take for granted just, like, the peace of mind that, like, I get out of the race car or I get done with a a long day's work here and I don't have to worry about, like, oh, I got to call my wife. I got to go find her. Got to figure out how her day would... I mean, did she run yet? What what times did she do? Is she competitive? You know, what kind of... There, there were no, you know, all these sorts of things that you, like, worry about, even on race days. You know, yeah, I'm focused really hard on what I do, but, like, how did Courtney do? I mean, did she make it to the final? she go out first round? You know, where where is she? That stuff's not fun. I mean, you know, that, that concern or just, like, the, the travel, the, the mindset that it takes to live up to that. And, you know, while I... While I appreciate, you know, NHRA and whatever, I didn't grow up a fan of NHRA, you know, so, like, I don't, I wouldn't actively follow it if I didn't have skin in the game, you know, but here you are, you know, you're, like, living it, you know, all the time, and, you know, when you're not driving the IndyCar, you're, you're locked into what's going on, you know, in, in, in her world, and that's, that's honestly, it's tough. You know, what is she up to at home? I understand that, uh... You guys renamed your your foundation yeah. together, so is she doing like more charitable w- stuff? Kind of that's yeah. kind of her primary focus. Um, she and I'm proud of her kind of for jumping in and, and and you know putting a little bit more energy behind that. You know I can understand that when she first came along, it's a little bit weird. The foundation had been in my name forever. You know mm-hmm. it's a different thing, but uh, I feel like you know she's really embraced that. We're having our charity foundation golf event uh, right before the Indy 500 and. We only have one more team to sell out of 36, and all of our sponsorships sold. So 
you know, honestly, we are unbelievable, but I, I expect to, to raise a really good amount of money, and she's a huge part of that, and I think she can continue to be. I mean, you know, Courtney's star is extremely bright, and uh, so, you know, she's, uh, she's somebody who can have a lot of influence as we go forward. So I primarily cover NASCAR, Graham, and obviously there's been a lot of talk on that side about crowds. And yeah. when I walk out here today on a Friday, and you, you were just mentioning this, and we were talking about yeah. you know, new title sponsors. There, there's a little bit of energy, I think, here with Acura and Honda taking over uh, the title sponsorship at Long Beach Grand Prix. And I see all these people out here. Yeah, I, I know some of it is just the fact that this event has been around for 40-something years. Is that is that as simple as it is? They, they've built enough brand equity? and I think it is. Well, there is that. In Southern California, there's a lot going on. So, like, if I tell you in Southern California, no offense, but even when NASCAR is here and I tell you, hey, the NASCAR race this weekend, I guarantee you 90% of the people around Southern California are like, what are you talking about? Not a clue. We had that issue at Fontana. But when you say, hey, you know the Grand Prix, oh, yeah, man, Long Beach. Everybody in Southern California knows it because it's been here for 40-whatever years. Right. You know, so it does have that brand equity that, that helps. But the other thing that, that is so powerful that I think oval racing struggles with, because it does for us too, you have to make it more of an event. Like you go to Texas Motor Speedway on a Friday, zero people. You watch NASCAR Texas on a Friday, zero people, you know, in the stands. It's not an event. People go just for the race. But here in Long Beach, you got the concerts. You've got this party atmosphere you have this huge like basically God, i don't even know what you call it like in the uh convention center obviously there's a whole bunch of shopping and everything else to do but they've got a kid's uh, let's just call it an animal planet whatever you want to <laughs> do you know but they there's like so much going on that this is a real just it's a big event and so people embrace that the uh yeah expo center there you go but uh the that like what's cool about mid ohio the camping you know, going out, people, the big bonfire party they do. They set up a stage. They got a bonfire, you know, decorating their, their uh, campgrounds. We do giveaways and, and competitions based around people's campgrounds and the way it's decorated and all this stuff. There's so much to do, and there's so much family time and everything else that makes it special. Oval racing, I'm not, this isn't just NASA. This is us, too. Oval racing needs to re-energize itself. How do we make these things more exciting? The racing can be good. But how do you make it an event that, like, I don't want to miss a Friday. I don't want to miss, if it's a Saturday, Sunday, I got to be there Saturday to watch whatever. That's the trick. And, you know, the other thing that we face huge scrutiny on, I saw somebody post, I'm not going to name his name. He's somebody who's very active in, in the NHRA community. You know, he posted a photo from last week, a, a NASCAR race. And, you know, 38,000 people. And he's going on about how empty it looks and NHRA crowds. NHRA sellout is like 15 to 20. So it's easy for them to make comments. But like 40,000 people is still a decent amount of people. That's more than they're going to get at a Major League Baseball game. It's more than you're going to get at a hockey game. It's more than you're going to get at a basketball game. All these things. But we do. Our stadiums are so large. You look at Coda. You know, we had 40,000 people at Coda or whatever. Yeah, I know. I get MotoGP as 60. We got to build Coda. Coda wasn't good enough. But 40,000 people is decent. It's mm -hmm. just that the place seats like 150. That's a problem. You know, it sets this expectation. NASCAR faces it. We face it. And we just got to figure out how to continue to grow it. Yeah, I agree. All of motorsports faces that relevancy yeah. problem about how do you stay 
on everybody's radar screen and get everybody here, like you said, on a Friday. We at NBC Sports, of course, are very enthused about we're going to have the Indianapolis 500 yeah, this year huge. for the first time. And we're, you know, your man, Dale Earnhardt Jr., will be yeah. there as part of this huge team. A lot of talk about maybe IndyCar, NASCAR doubleheaders. It'll be great. Down the road, you, you like that idea? I like it. I yeah. think at some point we all need to put, you know, yes, there's a competitive nature between us. Often we're all fighting. Uh, I can't tell you how when we got United Rentals, I know for a fact about 10 NASCAR teams called them. Like really? the day after <laughs> it was announced, yeah. hitting them up. So I know, you know, yes, we all compete in many, many aspects. But, you know, I think we need to put it aside. And at the end of the day, it, we, we have to all, all help each other grow. I've been a big proponent. I told Marcus Smith, you know, I don't IndyCar should race on the Roval at Charlotte and NHRA could race at night and, you know, whatever uh, over on the, the drag strip. You know, doing these joint events that only certain tracks could do are huge. And we have to do it. We have to build our sports together to do it independently. Yeah, we might make a little bit of ground here or there, but ultimately we're never going to make enough. Whereas I can tell you right now, you do a joint IndyCar, uh, NASCAR race, and you do that at, at Chicagoland or whatever, you, the crowd's going to be great because you're going to have all those people from Indianapolis that are just diehard IndyCar fans. You're going to have all the fans that come typically you know, for the NASCAR race. You merge those together. You make a full event out of it. We talk about an event. Make a full event out of this thing. The crowds are going to be double of what they were so i get that you're not getting the two different weekend hit let's say it where you know you're getting that the the ticket sales on two separate weekends but you're going to get that one that one box office hit's going to be big uh and so i've always been a big fan i've mentioned this you know to nhra and, and indycar in the past i thought it'd be something fun to do even when we were all out at sonoma um you know but i, I i've heard the rumors you know with nascar i i think it would be great um nbc would love it one place, one time, sure, it'd be logistically a lot, but one place, one time, you know, they could promote that. I, I just guarantee you it would it would really help us both. Well, after the Robogram, there was a lot of talk about maybe NASCAR should look at street races. So yeah. could it be feasible to do a doubleheader at a place like this? I mean, obviously, it's a huge, like you said, marquee event. You guys have planned to stay here. Be. Maybe it's not here, but like any street race. It could, could be. It, work? it could yeah. be. I would say the difficulty with NASCAR on a street race, just my opinion, is that there's no runoff. And not that that's normally an issue, but like with those are big beasts, right? And you got a lot of braking issues. Guys have problems. Uh, here, if you've got a braking issue into, 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 you know, turn five, turn six, turn nine, <laughs> you're in trouble. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, there is a safety aspect to that. But, uh, I mean, like I said, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of anything. I mean, I'm, I'm a racer. I like to see it all happen. You know, even we raced with IMSA this weekend. I think it's great. I think it's great. I wish we raced with them some more. I don't know why that has kind of faded. When we used to race at Road America in the Champ Car days 10 years ago, and we raced uh, with, at the time, it was called ALMS, but IMSA pretty much, the crowds were phenomenal. Uh, yeah, the crowd is great today, bigger today than it was then for IndyCar, but they're really, we don't have, the, you know, we, I think probably World Challenge or whatever it's called now runs of this. But, you know, IMSA would be awesome to join up on that same weekend. You know, Nationwide should join up on that same, whatever it may be. I mean, make it a weekend full of racing. People love it. Well, I want to wrap up talking about the season so far. I keep hearing the word competitive to describe the, the current field. And I know that that gets tossed around every year. But, yeah. I mean, truly this year, I mean, the, se the first three races have three different winners representing three different teams. The past 10 races in IndyCar, you guys have had eight different winners, including your teammate. I mean, it just seems as if, I don't know what it is, but like right now in the history of IndyCar... 
Especially, especially since the split, this is the most competitive it's been. Yeah, it's never been more competitive. Dad will even tell you that. I finally got him to admit it. <laughs> uh, it took a long time. <laughs> but, like, I was looking at the times this morning. 1.1 seconds is all it took from 1st to 25th. 1.1 seconds is nothing <laughs> around a bumpy street course that's this sort of length. I mean, it's nothing. You know, you look at last year, I think in the first practice we were like 8th or ninth, and we were almost a second off. You know, this year it's the entire field. So it's very competitive. you got to be on top of your game at all times. And that's why, you know, weekends like last weekend, you know, where our team locks up the front row and obviously Takuma wins the thing, it's it's huge for us because you don't understand all, you know, all the work and, and everything that it takes to just get that right perfectly to be able to start on the front row and to be able to go and control a race like that. And that's what, you know, I think for our team in the 15 car stings even more is just that, you know, we did everything right, and yet it, it still got us. But hopefully we'll have a really great weekend this weekend, and, uh, you know, we'll be able to go out there and, and challenge on Sunday. So your dad is ready to concede now that this is cart 1995 he's, he's pretty says, much on this level? He yeah. says now, he'll admit, that the depth of the field is just way bigger. It just is. You know, back in his day, you know, you might have had six or seven guys. You know, you had the Andretti's, obviously, Al Luntzer, you had Dad, Rick. You know, there was there was your, your seven or eight guys up the sharp end of the field. But aside from that, a lot of guys you never worried about. Today, God, you just don't know. I mean, somebody puts in a good lap in qualifying, and who knows where they're going to be. And, uh, you know, they go race from there. Among those new winners, you have an 18-year-old who has set a record for being the youngest winner in IndyCar history, breaking your mm -hmm. record, yeah. Colton Herta. When that happens, what's the perspective like for you? Are you wistful at losing that? I'm not title or no? Yeah, I mean, I would like to keep it, but I, but I, I'm also not the type of person that really, honestly, that focuses on that stuff very much. You know, Colton's had a great start. He's had a dream start to his year, winning Daytona with our team, with the BMW, and then obviously, you know, winning uh, winning Coda. You know, it was a great. Uh, it's been a great start to the year for him. Uh, I don't know what else to say. You know, hopefully, he'll have a good long career. I've always, you know, Brian was always a great guy to me, and when he was at this team and. And so, I mean, hopefully that it's a start of a new young generation that uh, they can continue to succeed in this sport. And I'd like to think that, you know, that still, while I've been here forever, I mean, uh, that still includes me going forward for a long time. So uh, we'll see. But, no, it's not – I'll admit that it's not something that I get too wrapped up about. Is it a motivator for you now that – I mean, you're 30 years old and now you have kids 10 or 12 years younger. Well, giving you I, the money? standard is still your Scott Dixons of the world. So – I mean, I think, you know, when you get into your early 30s, you really hit your prime. Yeah, there's guys that can be successful and have won championships and done stuff before that. But, you know, guys like Dix and, uh, and obviously Will and, and even Simon and, um, you know, Ryan, uh, guy, those guys are hard to beat. Uh, we all pick on them for getting old all the time, but, you know, they're, they're, they're tough. Well, wish you much luck with uh, continuing to compete against those guys and the young guys, and uh, thanks for joining us. Grant. Sounds good. Thank you. Our thanks again to Graham Rahal and to Kathy Lauterbach at Rahal Letterman Lanigan Racing and to Mike Zizzo at IndyCar for helping put that conversation together. Of course, Graham and I talked a lot about the Indy 500, and this Sunday, NBC Sports Group will be broadcasting the Indianapolis 500 for the first time. There will be eight hours of coverage this Sunday, May 26th, on the NBC Sports Group, beginning with the Indianapolis 500 pre-race show at 9 a.m. on NBCSN, race coverage of the 103rd Indianapolis 500 will begin at 11 a.m. on NBC with the green flag shortly after noon. And then at 4 p.m., post-race coverage is on NBCSN. So be sure to tune in for all of that. NBCSN and NBC have you covered 
9 a.m. to 5 p.m. this Sunday with the 103rd Indianapolis 500. The NASCAR and NBC podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave a rating or review that really helps us out in spreading the word. And as always, you can send me feedback on Twitter at Nate Ryan is my handle. Thanks again for listening to the NASCAR and NBC podcast. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30.